everyone, welcome to Our UFOs Real with T.L. Keller. This edition of Our UFOs Real is brought to you by the Total Novices Guide Books. I'm T.L. Keller, author and former aerospace engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, British Aerospace, and Douglas Aircraft, among others. On this program, we'll be looking into the myths and realities of unidentified flying objects, what most of us call UFOs. Why do people continue to report sightings of UFOs? Why do they report abductions, crop circles, and other highly strange events? All opinions expressed on this show are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of webtalkradio.net. And by the way, if you're a skeptic or you've had a UFO experience of your own and would like to appear on this show, at the end of the program, we'll announce how to contact us. So strap yourself in and buckle up. You're in for a ride of your lifetime. We have a very unusual show for you today. Today's guest is Barbara Lamb. Now, Barbara is a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified hypnotherapist, and regression therapist. And some of you are probably wondering, well, why would we have someone like that on this show? But basically, Barbara has uh, been involved with uh, ET experiencers since 1991. Now, these are people who have uh, claimed to have encounters with extraterrestrial beings. Uh, she has a practice in Claremont, California. And in fact, I've known Barbara for some time. Uh, she uh, and I shared a table at the last uh, International UFO uh, Congress in Scottsdale, Arizona. And today she is going to be telling you about some of her experiences with individuals who are ET experiencers. She has um, regressed more than 800 people uh, who have claimed to have had ET experiences. And so I consider that a quite a considerable sample size. And we're going to hear things that uh, possibly most of you have never heard before. Good morning, Barbara Lamb. Good morning, Tom. Nice to be with you. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Yes. You know, recently uh, we interviewed uh, Dave McDonald. Now, Dave... Um, is the new international director of the Mutual UFO Network, otherwise uh, called MUFON, as you would very well know. Oh, yes. Now, he um, he is going to be uh, having the um, annual MUFON symposium later this year. Yes. And uh, Dave has set the theme of the symposium as UFO friend or foe. Uh-huh. Now, as I mentioned on your introduction, uh, you are a certified uh, hypnotherapist. Yes. And you have, as I understand it, regressed uh, something like about 800 people who claim to have had some kind of interaction uh, with extraterrestrial beings. Well, that's right. In fact, um, since you read that figure, uh, people keep coming. And so by now it's about 840 individuals whom I've regressed to various types of extraterrestrial encounters. Uh-huh. And now, the number will be increasing, I'm sure. I'm, I have no doubt about that. For this work. Yeah. Now, 
840 people is a very large sample size. Yes, I think so. It's not like you have talked to, uh, you know, 20 or 30, as I have. Oh, uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> uh, well, that's a lot, too. But 840 is a very large number. Yes, and I would like to ask you, after you've uh, regressed all of these uh, ET um, experiencers, and yes, that's like the that term word. commonly used, mm-hmm. um, what is your opinion about the friend versus foe issue? In other words, if you uh, have a spectrum uh, with, at one end, uh, a very friendly um uh, very spiritual and altruistic beings uh, who wouldn't want to harm anyone. Mm-hmm. And at the other end of the spectrum, uh, what you might call very unfriendly, mm-hmm. where would you put uh, these extraterrestrial beings in that spectrum? Well, actually, I'd have to put them in that entire spectrum because um, there are a lot of different types of extraterrestrials who come here mm-hmm. and interact with people. And some of them uh, people experience as being more uh, cold, um, sort of nasty. They even are experienced as being mean. Um, and at that end of the spectrum, um, another way to look at it, if you're not the victim of it at the moment, um, is that these are very scientifically oriented beings, and they're extremely interested in life on Earth, and uh, particular in human life on Earth. So, so they do all kinds of examinations and pokings and probings and uh, taking samples of hair and skin and fluids and so forth, and they, they analyze that, or at least we assume that they use that material for some kind of analysis. So anyone experiencing that type Um, you know, being abducted and lying on a table and being poked and probed and scraped and so forth, Um, you know, they they don't like that. And they think of those beings, of course, as, you know, very cold-hearted, uncaring, um, dispassionate. Uh, So uh, we do have to acknowledge that there is that type. But then there are many other types, too. Um, all the way to the spectrum that you mentioned, the end of the spectrum, which is that some of these beings seem to be even other-dimensional. Often they're seen as sort of glowing and radiating, and they're very inspiring to people and actually take people to what the people describe as glorious experiences beyond the veil, so to speak, made probably into other dimensions which seem to be higher spiritual dimensions. And so those beings come across to people who experience them as being loving, in fact, being unconditionally loving. And people I've worked with who have that type of experience are often so sad to be brought back from an experience like that back to the ordinary physical world that we live in and uh, because they've never experienced such 
beauty and such refinement and such unconditional love as in those experiences. Mm-hmm. And we have to acknowledge that in the middle, between those two extremes, um, we have all kinds of beings who seem to be um, viewed anyway, experienced as more sort of neutral. And these beings um, may educate people, they may train them in psychic skills, uh, psychometry, moving things with their minds, tel- um, telepathy, that uh, many skills, even healing skills, that these people can use when they come back to Earth. Even children, some children are taken. Uh, the common word for that is abduction, but I'd rather call it an experience because sometimes even though they are actually removed for an hour or two from their home, um, it's such a positive experience for them that I don't always want to use the word abduction, which has sort of a negative um, connotation to it. But anyway, there are many uh, different types sort of in that middle range, which are teaching and training people. Some of them are actually functioning as lifelong mentors for the people they work with in these experiences. And um, so there are many different types that sort of fall into that category. So we we really cannot just sort of generalize and say they're friend or foe, because some are definitely very friendly and very welcomed, even missed by the people who experience them when they're not having those experiences. Mm-hmm. How many different? Oh, sorry. How many different types of extraterrestrial or interdimensional or, well, beings have uh, you apparently encountered in these 800 uh, regressions? Yes, and I'd, I'd like to point out also that it's the 840 people I've worked with, but some of those people who live within an hour or two of where I am in Southern California that uh, many of those people have been able to come multiple times for uh, regressions. So some people I've regressed maybe 15 times, other people 20 times, um, one or two people I've regressed at least 30 times. I think the uh, largest number of regressions I've done with any particular individual um, is 60 times. So, you see, that gives a lot of perspective. And any one of these people who've had the multiple regressions to different encounter experiences, uh, sometimes they meet with the ones who are doing more of the physical work. They might be... um, you know, studying the body and how we function. Uh, They might be putting in implants. Uh, That's part of the function of many of the little gray types that so many people know about. Um, And then these other types as well. So if you add that all up, at least just from the regression work that I personally have done, um, I'd say I know of about 40 different types um, and this, these are all types who are described in the regressions that we've done. So heaven knows uh, how many extraterrestrial types there really are who come here. But I would say that about 40 different types 
have come up in the work that I've done. I see. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, just to give me a sense, though, of... Um the different types of beings, uh, for example, uh, you mentioned the the pure energy types of beings, I think, as yes. being the, the spiritual ones that are very friendly. Oh, friendly. And, and beyond that, they're so loving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's unconditional love. They, yes. they describe it, the people describe it, uh, having experience with them as you know, being in the presence of God. I see. Being in the presence of the the Almighty. I mean, mm-hmm. experiences that they just never have here on Earth. Now, sometimes the uh, the beings that are generally called the Nordics uh, have been characterized that way as being very spiritual and altruistic. Have you found that to be the case, or have you well, found the Nordics to be uh, maybe multiple different types of Nordics? I think so. I think multiple types. Um, I wouldn't characterize them as the most spiritual types that I've run into in these regressions. Uh, those seem to be more sort of a little bit more um, ethereal, sometimes even transparent, um, and, and usually with a sense of glow, like glowing with an inner light. I see. Um, and surrounded by light, many of them. And they could even be different shapes, too. We, we've gotten away from the Nordics, but I think... Um, so many people in the audience might not know about these types that I'm talking about. Uh, some of them seem to be more like um, an orb shape, mm-hmm. but they're very conscious and they communicate in English or in whatever the language of the person is, because this is a worldwide phenomenon. And uh, so they're, they be round shape. They might be oval shaped. Uh, they might be more of a human type of form, um, but one of the biggest, most notable things about them is that they actually glow. And sometimes, according to one client whom I regret many, many times, uh, she had a couple of experiences with glowing beings who really didn't have a shape, a recognizable shape, but they had a sound. They were so glowing, and they were just radiating kind of a a tinkling sound, like little high heavenly bells ringing, according to her description. Mm-hmm. And with these glowing beings, they tend to show a sense of eyes. In other words, within the glow, there's sort of a darker area where we assume eyes would be. And they're not uh, terrifically defined in shape, but they can see that the beings are definitely looking at them with those eyes. So now let's get back to the Nordics. Uh, the Nordic beings look very, very much like human beings. In fact, people having been taken to the craft, when they see a variety of beings, usually it's not just one type, usually it's a mixture of beings who seem to be in any one craft doing the work with humans. And um, the person might look across the room during this experience and see a very attractive human 
that being might be male or might be female, and they look like humans. They have hair. They have eyes that look like ours. And, and often, or in fact usually, they're described as extremely attractive beings, attractive from the human point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know how attractive they are from an extraterrestrial point of view, but <laughs> from our point of view, they are. <laughs> and they will very often come and talk with the person who's having this experience on the craft. And uh, sometimes they've been known to do procedures. Uh, for instance, one woman whom I did regress probably at least 30 times, in a couple of her experiences, she found herself on a medical type of table on a craft and at the, at the head of the table and just sort of behind or just past, let's say, past her head was a Nordic being doing some kind of procedure on her head. And it wasn't painful. It didn't seem to be intruding into her head, but she could definitely tell that there were things going on back there. And gradually, over time, and working with me, she worked with me for probably about 11 years, and gradually she realized that her brain, her intuition, her psychic abilities were increasing with each one of these encounters. And so the Nordic being apparently was stepping up her uh, paranormal abilities. And this woman has a lot of them. I've witnessed them again and again. So sometimes the Nordics seem to be teacher types, mentor types. Um, and in some cases, they seem to be the ones who are giving the direction to the other types of beings who are working with an abducted human being. And what types would those be that are working with the Nordics? Well, that varies a lot. Sometimes they're the little gray types or they're sort of middle-sized gray types. Uh, in other words, about 5'6 or 5'7. Sometimes they're working with even taller gray types who might be about uh, 5'10 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also mantis types or insectoid types uh, that very often will be working with people. And they look so freaky from you know a human point of view because they look like a, an extremely tall um, bug-like type or a grasshopper type or praying mantis yes. type, which is how they got their name from us. Uh-huh. I'm sure they don't call themselves that. No, but, I'm sure they. I'm sure they don't. We had uh, yeah. Cat King on um, the program uh, a little while back, and she had uh, an experience, uh, maybe more than one, with the praying mantis. But uh, her feeling was that they were always very uh, friendly and kind and loving. So yeah. maybe that means that there are different types of praying mantis beings. Uh, well, maybe so. I mean, uh, again, it seems like within each species, even, uh, there are different types. But everyone I have ever regressed to an encounter with a mantis or insectoid insectoid type, um, they've all reported that once they get past their initial shock at, at this great tall, usually 
least seven feet tall, mm-hmm. sometimes even eight feet tall uh, beings, sort of insect-looking with huge eyes that seem to curve around the sides of their faces to some extent. Um, so that can be kind of formidable if you just suddenly see one of these near you. But as the experience continues and they um, have more and more experience, become more familiar with these insectoid types, they all have reported that they are wonderful beings. And as you said, very friendly and very loving, uh, very instructional. Um, one woman I work with for probably 40 regressions, um, on one occasion, it was the insectoid type that came to her home late one afternoon, and when she felt suddenly extremely sleepy and just crawled up the stairs on her hands and knees and flopped herself across the bed. This happens to other people, too, by the way, sometimes. And then it was the insectoid type of being who came. She was conscious um, for a few moments of that and realized that she was levitated up off the bed and taken through the wall. And then in the regression, we saw more of the details of that experience. And this insectoid being, in a very caring way, caring for her safety, took her, it seemed like, through the air, way, way far away out in the universe, and took her to a beautiful crystalline city that seemed to be sort of uh, floating in space like a planet seems to be floating in space, and took her into that city where she met a number of different types of beings who did not look human, um, but who also were very, very loving and very spiritually instructional. Um, Had another lady who had an experience with a mantis being, and he took her and her little four-year-old granddaughter uh, to what seemed to be a big platform out in space and a great big white platform. It was so big that they were not even afraid of falling off the edge. And this mantis being held hands with my client, a woman, and with her little granddaughter, age four, and they did a little skipping around in a circle like our game Ring Around the Rosie. And he played with them, and he instructed the little girl and in how she could go back to Earth and actually heal, like heal wounded animals and so forth, which my client, the grandmother, um, did report later after that experience that the little girl was picking up wounded birds or, you know, a hurt lizard or whatever she found that needed healing help. It was actually healing them. So that was a wonderful thing, but I could give many more examples of the insect or types. But I think we do have to acknowledge, because it seems to be very important in this phenomenon, the reptilian types. And these are very, usually very tall, six foot, could be seven foot or more, a very muscular types of beings. And they also come and take people, or they will remain on the craft, the ship, 
up in the sky and and little beings like the little gray beings or sweet little white beings uh, will take them to experiences with the reptilians. The reptilians sometimes come here. They're very interested in reproduction. They're very interested in human sex, and they like to have sex with human beings. So now we're talking about human males who come and copulate with human females, even in their own environment, or mate with them on the craft. But we also know from these regressions that there are reptilian females who like to have sex either here or particularly in most cases I've been aware of on the craft. And men have reported to me during the regressions that they are taken to a craft and put on a table, again, kind of a medical type table from our point of view. And then into the room comes an extremely exotic looking female and will just climb right up on that table and copulate with the male. And she's so exotic looking and arousing that the male responses. But halfway through the experience, I've heard this from a few men now, halfway through the experience, the image of the exotic human female seems to fade. And then the man realizes that this being who's so intimately with him is really a female reptilian being. Yes. I've I've heard of that. Yeah, so that can be very shocking uh, for <laughs> I'm a man. Sure, it could be. Well, let's go to the uh, other end of the spectrum, the ones that you would find to be unfriendly, um, uh, violent, maybe um, the, the most unfriendly. What are those uh, types well, of beings? I I have to say, frankly, that I have not encountered in any of these few several hundred regression or a couple of thousand regressions really um i've never encountered um a mean being who you know was cruel or brutal mm-hmm. now i have heard of that from other people but it just simply has not come up in any of the experiences that i've guided with people in okay. hypnotic regressions what type of beings though were those uh, according to these other uh, hypnotherapists well i don't know um i think once i heard it reported that that was a reptilian being um with the other reports i've really um not heard many details although i think in one case one of those meaner uh, types of beings um, looked almost human but we don't know really what he was don't know quite how to categorize, categorize him now there is this other part of the phenomenon that needs to be mentioned too and that is the uh, humans who seem to be involved with some people Definitely not the majority of my people I've worked with, but um, with a few, and of course I've heard many other reports, where a human being is taken from sleep usually um, to, well, by people who, well, they look like humans, they probably are humans, and they're taken to what consistently seems to be some kind of 
underground facility where there are humans um, doing medical checkups and um, checking for psychic skills, um, checking the people that have been taken. And in the presence of those human beings are a few extraterrestrials of various types. So it certainly implies that some human beings, and by the way, they always seem to be sort of military types, sometimes they even have military uniforms on, um, that they are working in some instances with extraterrestrial beings here on Earth. Yes. Um, I've heard that... It certainly seems like. I've heard that um, some of the beings that are wearing uh, apparently U.S. military uniforms may in fact be hybrids. What is your thinking about yes, that? that? that definitely is possible. Um, in the hybrid part of the work that I do, uh, which is increasing as the years go on, um, yes, hybrids can be here. Some hybrids, I truly believe, are here living amongst us. Mm -hmm. Now, they are probably um, doing a lot of different functions here. And one of the functions on what I would consider the more negative end of things is that they may be uh, these military-looking people. They might not actually be members of our military services, but it, I don't know. It's really hard to tell. Um, but they could be the ones who are working in these underground facilities with abducted humans. Yes. And uh, they're working with extraterrestrials in some cases. Right. You know, this brings up um, an issue which, which we haven't much spent much time on this show, uh, and that is uh, the uh, apparent hybridization program. Yes. Now, uh, some uh, uh, researchers, namely uh, uh, Dr. David Jacobs and uh, uh, the late uh, Bud Hopkins, yeah. um, uh, came to the conclusion that some um, uh, extraterrestrial or interdimensional beings were here to establish a hybridization program which would essentially mix human DNA with extraterrestrial DNA, if I could use that terminology, yes. and create a, a new race or species of beings. Yes. Um, can you go into that a little bit more from your own experience in regressions? Well, yes. Um, actually, it's interesting to me. I know David um, uh, David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins. Personally, I'm so sorry we've lost Bud Hopkins now. Um, Dave Jacobs, however, is alive and well. Just saw him recently, and um, they they've drawn a more negative conclusion because of the people they've regressed. Um, now, my conclusions about the hybridization program tend to fall in the other end of the spectrum. And that is that there are hybrids who are here who um, are definitely living among us. Uh, they may be contributing to furthering the hybrid program. But the ones that I've regressed in depth and more than once um, to uh, this sort of subject 
and people I've interviewed on this too, that they are here for very positive reasons from their point of view. They're here to um, help to upgrade the human race. Uh, they're here to help us to be more aware of the cosmos and the tremendous community of different extraterrestrial types that are out there in the cosmos. Uh, they're here to help people to develop in consciousness, develop spiritually, um, in many cases, because they all seem to have a mission here. In many cases, uh, they're here to really help with the ecological concerns, help with the consciousness of humanity about saving our resources and cleaning up our environment and so forth. Um, so they have sort of an, an inspirational mission, and um, they are very educational in a variety of ways, um, helping, as they say, to sort of upgrade um, the human race so that eventually we might be able to participate in the intergalactic community. There is a great intergalactic federation reported by many people and uh, sort of a huge council meeting that takes place now and then. And um, one of my clients found in a regression to an abduction experience that she was taken to a huge council meeting with hybrids and with many different species from all over the, the universe. And they were very concerned in their discussion, concerned about planet Earth and our nuclear capability and how we would, are destroying the Earth. And if we set off a lot of nuclear weapons and so forth, that that's going to pollute other planets. It will go out that far and ruin other civilizations as well as ruining, ruining our civilization. Uh, so some of these hybrids who look very much like humans, uh, they're really busy trying to educate people. Uh, we also have the whole category of star children or indigo children or crystal children, they're sometimes called, um, who are born to human parents, but they seem to have a lot of uh, certain types of extraterrestrial DNA. And these children are very bright and show a lot of concern for the world and the environment. And as they grow older, um, concerned about the power systems, that is the human power systems, and how things are really run beyond the scenes. And I've met some of these children. In fact, one of them has been a recent client, a 17-year-old boy. And so they're bright enough uh, to do well in school and to be able to go to universities when they get older and get really good educations, good training. And they, they I think, are going to be some of the um, movers and shakers, even if kind of a quiet way, you know, helping to improve life on Earth. So that's a really wonderful thing. Yes, it certainly so, is. Yeah, you know, the hybrids, maybe some of them are just kind of workaday people. Um, they're here adjusting to human life. Uh, maybe they're having various types of jobs. And um, 
it's hard to know what their motivation is. But I know that David Jacobs uh, very strongly feels that the hybrids, this large program, that they intend to take over the world eventually Mm -hmm. so that there'd be no more pure humans, but just hybrid human beings. Mm -hmm. Now, I've found no indication of that whatsoever in the work that I've done. But just with all of us who do regression work with extraterrestrials, it seems like we seem to, I don't know how this works, but we seem to attract different people to us. And of course, a lot of it has to do with geography. Um, I'm in California, and Bud and David um, have been, you know, on the East Coast. And John Mack, who was a good friend of mine, did such excellent work. Uh, Of course, he was located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So John, I think, and I, one of the reasons we became good colleagues and friends is that we each found that in the regressions that we conducted, uh, there were so many different types of beings interacting with people and different agendas and, and that any one person had this variety of experience with a number of different types of extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said that um, how a ET experiencer sees his experience may depend more upon uh, the experiencer uh, his, and his or her attitude towards life oh, as opposed so to... Does that make sense? Oh, I really, yes. I really appreciate you bringing that up uh, because one person might experience the little beings coming into the room, negative, hideous, um, evil, devil-like experience, and another person even experiencing the very same beings coming into their room at night or stopping their car or wherever they they are taken from um, as neutral and okay or even fascinating, interesting, um, in some cases even welcomed. Because as children, for instance, have very early experiences, even as early as being in the crib, some of those children think of the very same beings as their friends, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. happy to look through the bars of the crib or stand up and look over the top of the crib and and have their friends there, whereas other children experiencing the very same type of beings may go into fear and, and uh, trembling and have nightmares about it and have a simply horrible experience. Yes. And it's the same with people of any age. Now, one lady I work with so many times, she went back in one regression to her uh, one of her earliest experiences when she was about age four. And in that experience, her grandmother had died. And the family made a big booga-booga thing about that. Um, like, oh, I hope she went to heaven and she didn't go to hell and all that kind of thing. And she had been a, a bit of a nasty grandmother, kind of cranky and not friendly and loving. So right after the funeral, uh, this little girl was awakened and was compelled to go downstairs into the kitchen 
that night and looked out the kitchen window and saw a very short being who was actually a gray, as it turned out. But she thought it was her grandmother coming back as a ghost. So that, and a nasty ghost. So that started her reactions about extraterrestrials. And in that experience, um, she was compelled to go outside the kitchen door and be with a little gray. There was more than one. And also some other types of beings, including a very, very tall insectoid being who had a cape and a hood on. So she was absolutely terrified. Yes. But the experience that happened, she was actually taken to a craft, was really a very nice experience. She was a child um, put in a room with other human children who'd been taken on that occasion, and they were being taught in a very uh, simple, basic, uh, childlike way, they were being taught the beginning of psychic skills. Hmm. And it turned out to be a very positive experience. Um, wow, what a story. Realized, yeah, she was, in another experience, was told by an extraterrestrial that because she, even at age four, had been looking at horror uh, videos and, and go, taken by her family to see horror films by older people in the family, um, she and then when she saw these unusual beings, she assumed that they were evil, horrible beings. And yet her experiences consistently were that they were not evil, horrible beings. Hmm. So, you see, people can form prejudices yes. early in life. Some people mm-hmm. don't, and they're taken, and they don't have that particular take. Mm-hmm. on the extraterrestrial beings, and some people do have that more negative view. Right, and it sort of says as much about the experiencer as about the uh, extraterrestrial beings. Oh, you know, Barbara, I'm going to have to uh, wind up this interview today. Uh, okay. I do want to get how to uh, contact you. You're the author of Alien Experiences and also Crop Circles Revealed. Uh, how okay. can uh, someone contact you? Well, I think the best way in regard to the books is to go to my website, which is Barbara Lamb, L-A-M-B, and then the initials M-F-T dot com. The M-F-T is for Marriage and Family Therapist, so it's Barbara Lamb, M-F-T dot com, and that has um, information about lots of different aspects of my work, including just regular work that has nothing to do with extraterrestrial encounters. also talks about my crop circle tour coming up this summer, July 30th till August 6th in Wiltshire County, England, uh, where we go to a number of different crop circles and go into the inner circle at Stonehenge and to other sacred sites and have a seminar with eminent crop circle researcher Michael Glickman. Uh, So loads of wonderful experiences with that. So I think going to the website, then you can get to my email address, or you can email me directly at Barbara underscore line lamb at verizon dot 
net, Barbara underscore Lamb at verizon.net. And if anybody would like to know more about um, various aspects of the whole extraterrestrial encounter phenomenon, uh, the book Alien Experiences, co-authored by Nadine Lalich, so it's Barbara Lamb and Nadine Lalich, um, is very informational, even gives kind of a checklist to see um, if you are an experiencer of this phenomenon yourself, and it has um, ideas for help for people who do experience this phenomenon, as well as 25 cases from my huge case practice of a variety of type of um, extraterrestrial encounters with various beings. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to have you back uh, on a future show to talk about crop circles. That's a, a different topic. Uh, oh, but yes. I want to thank you so much for coming on our show today. This has been uh, really fascinating for me. Good. Well, it's a pleasure for me. I'm always happy to get information out to people about this whole phenomenon because it's happening, happening to millions of people worldwide. It's a very important thing going on in the world and something about we generally hear very little. Yes, very. <laughs> well, that's what we're, this show is all about, trying to bring out uh, this entire subject. Good. So thanks again Good for, for being with us today. You're welcome. All right. We'll be talking to you. Okay, great. Bye, bye now. Bye. You've been listening to Barbara Lamb, certified hypnotherapist and regression therapist. She has had over 800 ET experiencers in regression therapy over the last 20 years or so. According to Barbara, there are 40 different species or types of extraterrestrial or interdimensional beings that she has had experience with with respect to her clients. This covers the entire spectrum from very friendly to unfriendly with many in the neutral position of the spectrum. According to Barbara, you cannot generalize about extraterrestrials because they, because they have different agendas. And she has confirmed the extraterrestrial hybridization program, which has been in process over the last few decades. What an experience this has been with Barbara, and it makes all of us wonder what uh, is in our future. Thank you for tuning in. Bye now.